Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? You're Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7. The game. Warriors Wrap-Up is presented by Realtor.com. Gleason, it's a feel-good night inside Chase Center where just about 50 or 51 minutes ago, the Warriors snapped a 10-game home losing streak and were victorious for the first time on the Chase Center hardwood since January the 18th. The Warriors rally from down by as many as 10 to outscore the Sixers 36-24 in the fourth quarter, and they win 118-114 over Philadelphia for their 15th victory of the season in a game where Stephen Curry and Draymond Green were both out in addition to Kavon Looney. And uh, just an all-around night where the Warriors played very, very well. Another shorthanded night with just nine uh, healthy bodies for the Dubs, but they found enough to get a win against a, a Sixers team that, yes, is undermanned, although not nearly to the level that the Warriors have been, but out uh, without a couple of their star players. But I thought Philadelphia actually played pretty well in this game, and that's a credit to the Warriors, who just kind of hung around all night long and then made their run in the fourth quarter and proved to be better down the stretch. I think right now Philly is still figuring out what the heck happened in that fourth quarter. As you said, the Warriors outscored the Sixers 36-24. to You know, the Warriors now have won three of their last five games. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, over the course of the last eight eight nights. In the fourth quarter tonight, Mulder scored nine of his 18. Uh, Damian Lee scored seven of his 24. Pascal had six of his 23. Uh, also in that fourth quarter, uh, Al Horford, who had a fine game overall, he was 0 for 4 in the fourth quarter. Shake Milton was 0 for 3 in the fourth quarter. I really think the Sixers thought they had this one. And I'm wondering if what we saw tonight was a little bit the result, um, maybe I'm overreaching here, of uh, a home court advantage. Yeah, I, I think, look, the game felt like it was closer than it probably should have been throughout the course of the night. I mean, the Sixers never led by more than 10, but there were a lot of times tonight where you look up at the scoreboard and you're thinking, oh, the Warriors are down uh, 8 or 12, and they were only down 3 to 5. Uh, you know, at different points of the evening, and you thought, well, that's going to give them a chance here down the stretch if they can put together one run or put together one 
really, really, really good quarter, uh, and it wound up being a night where the Warriors' best quarters were the second and the fourth quarters. But just a, a lot of positives on a night where you know Andrew Wiggins didn't shoot the basketball very well, but he didn't take a ton of shots. This was sort of filed away, at least on social media tonight, as one of those games where, where is Andrew Wiggins? He's kind of floating around, you don't know. But it was also a night where if other players were making shots and other players were getting to the free throw line, it might have been a better night for Wiggins to at least give up the basketball and let shooters that were having a hotter night shoot it. And I think you have to almost give him a little bit of credit for that because it wound up helping this team down the stretch that maybe he wasn't the guy that was taking a lot of the shots because it wasn't his night. I was one of the people on social media who called him out a little bit for seemingly disappearing. He did have one big basket in the fourth quarter, and he took another shot in the fourth quarter that he didn't make, but at least he he took the shot. But how about Eric Paschal tonight, at times taking over the game? Eric Paschal, 23 points. He was 8 for 12, and he had six assists. So he continues to elevate his game. Yeah, got to the free throw line, and and another night where the war Warriors, uh, the assist-to-turnover ratio, I mean, that has been the common theme yeah. in these last five games. Maybe you throw out the Washington game, but but four of the, the last five here where the Warriors have won three, it has been 30 assists, and tonight just seven turnovers on the night. Uh, it was a, a relatively well-played game, or maybe not a lot of defensive pressure, however you want to chalk it up either way, uh, but only 18 turnovers combined for the two teams and 59 assists. Uh, but the Warriors, again, moving the basketball, uh, pl- establishing and playing a style that, that they have had a lot of success with over the years, yeah. just doing it with new players. And and tonight, it, it just it proved to be... It proved to, be a winner. Yeah, when players are making shots, this type of offense is uh, that's the whole idea. They're hard to guard because you you can't focus on one guy necessarily. And I know that uh, this time of year we tend to overreact to impressive performances, uh, but Michael Mulder looks like looks like he could be a player. He's certainly a shooter, and if you're a shooter today, there's a good chance you're going to find a, a spot in the NBA. 18 points, not I mentioned nine of the 18 in the fourth quarter, and he had some big free throws down the stretch, too, that he made. Yeah, he did, and uh, Michael Mulder on day 10 of his 10-day contract. I think I, I'd give him another one. I think Michael Mulder deserves <laughs> to be around, uh, yeah, for another 10 days, and it's remarkable when you look at the fact that he really didn't play well his first game and didn't really play well the first maybe couple of minutes of even his second game, but but he's played very well from then on, and I think you know if Dragon Bender earned his way to a yeah. second ten day contract, I'll give you five dollars for every well. shot Bender missed tonight. Okay, buddy. <laughs> he didn't miss a shot. He didn't miss a shot tonight. No, and I, I mean from that point of view, tonight was a night where he didn't do as many other things as he had. Uh, you know, he did have one assist. There were games where he had some rebounds and some assists and even some block shots, but he couldn't make a shot. Tonight was kind of the opposite for Dragon Bender. He did uh, end up four for four and knocked down a couple of threes, but didn't do much else and only played 13 only minutes. Played 13 minutes, yeah. Two points uh, in 13 minutes. That certainly helps. Michael Mulder has earned his way, I think, into the conversation not only for another 10-day contract, but for somebody that potentially could be around through the rest of the year and maybe even have an opportunity a long ways down the line. I'm not saying, you know, Michael Mulder's going to make the Warriors team next year based on anything he does this year, but he'll at least give himself a chance to get a look somewhere 
if not with this Warriors team. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, unless you were a Kentucky fan, you didn't even know who he was, right? And now we're talking about, hey, there's a chance maybe he has a, a future with the Warriors. I thought Damian Lee tonight played like he understandably still had a very bitter taste in his mouth from the way the Toronto game ended. Yeah. And he was very big in the fourth quarter as well. Missed a couple of free throws the other night. A, a very nice bounce-back game yeah. for, for Damian Lee. And Damian Lee, he just continues to be somebody who, you know, the nights he makes shots, he really stands out. But but he does a little bit of everything. He does. Uh, and, you know, he has been a point guard at times, and certainly you wouldn't want him to play that position predominantly, but he's been a decent rebounder. He's been, I think, a willing defender. which he's is willing and active, yes, Which is, is something that yeah. has been, you know, throughout the times that he's been in the NBA with the Warriors, with the Hawks, Defense hasn't exactly been his forte, but I think he's improved to a point where he's at least passable. And like you said, he's out there moving around, trying to do things. And uh, I, I just go back to the, the Ethan Strauss tweet from uh, a couple of nights ago about his shooting and the fact that you know the shots he takes, even when he misses, it doesn't leave you in a, in a bad position. And, and I think his whole game is kind of that way. Like His mistakes typically aren't game-wrecking mistakes, and there's a value in that, especially on a team that projects itself to have star power and and a lot of talent. You, you, a lot of your role players, you just want them to be guys that don't mess it up, and he not only doesn't mess it up, he actually has shown that he can help you too. He has a real grasp of the offense, and he knows when he's supposed to shoot it. So even if they're not going in, he's not disrupting the offense by taking bad shots. He took he had one force three late tonight where clearly he was just trying to make a big shot. But that's very rare for him. 888-957-9570 888-957-9570 Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason were inside Chase Center where the Warriors beat the 76ers 118-114 Golden State with their first home victory since January the 18th. Oof, my those goodness. Were days when Costco had toilet paper. Oh, my goodness. Yes, and uh, the 49ers were about to play in the NFC Championship yeah. game, still a couple yeah. of weeks away from, from playing uh, in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, an ugly, ugly, ugly home losing streak, and the Warriors had played a lot better for the most part, even in games they'd lost over the course of that span on the road. So for the Warriors to you know, win a couple of games as they had in this stretch of 9 of 11 where they're playing away from or, or playing at home here in this building, they've won the two games that aren't here <laughs> over the course of that span, and now they're trying to, to just play a little bit better as this homestand draws to a close, and tonight was a night where they were – they were fortunately able to do that. I know NBA.com is framing this game tonight as one of a number of surprises in the league tonight and today with the Hornets beating the Rockets, and then you have the Cavaliers stunning the Nuggets. I don't know. If you were paying attention, I don't think this was uh, that big of an upset. No, but, now if Embiid and Simmons had been playing, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, but don't you get the sense it's the Sixers? Now, we didn't have the opportunity to go into the, the locker room, but don't you get the sense, the way that fourth quarter unfolded, that they got to be feeling a little bit like they're not sure what happened yeah, because what hit them? I, I think they feel they played pretty well. Yeah. 29 assists, 11 turnovers. They, they shot 48%. They made 13 threes. Uh, they outshot the Warriors from three by four for a total of 12 points. 
even the free throws, while the Warriors did have a six free throw attempt advantage, they only were a plus two from the free throw line in that game. I mean, there isn't really an area where the Warriors had a discernible advantage. Points in the paint, 60-54. to 54. Uh, The Sixers won on second chance points. The Warriors had a, a modest lead in terms of fast break points. It was just a game where I think the Sixers thought they had enough offense and the Warriors probably weren't going to be able to match them or go on a run. And even if they did, the Sixers would have an answer. But it was the Warriors that kept having answers. And once it became a, a one-possession game late, the Warriors made more plays. Yeah, the Sixers had opportunities. You had, uh, in the final 90 seconds or so, you had uh, Tobias Harris with a three-second violation. And you had Pascal making a couple of free throws. Marquise Christie had a huge block as yes, well. That, yes, that, yeah. 51-7 left, two free throws for Pascal. The Sixers had three straight misses. And then they had to foul. Mulder makes two free throws. And then Moss steps out of bounds. Yeah. Well, going for the tie at that point, and then the Warriors attack on another free throw uh, and wind up winning it 118 to 114. You listen here to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1, San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here inside Chase Center, 888 957 9570. Let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as he met with the media downstairs here in the Bill King interview room and discussed this Warriors victory. What did you think of your team's defense tonight, especially in the fourth quarter, holding the Sixers to 24 points and making sure they they never retook the lead at the finish? Yeah, it took until the fourth quarter to really uh, get much traction defensively. I thought Philadelphia did a good job beating us inside for the first three quarters. You know, Harris and Horford were really hurting us, and um, but our guys hung in there and kept the game close. And then fourth quarter really turned up the the defense, and uh, we got a lot of great individual performances too. Um, with Damien's game a couple of nights ago and the finish that he had, how rewarding was it for you to see him, you know, make clutch plays down the stretch tonight? Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising. You know, Damien has so much uh, toughness and perseverance. You think about how he's gotten this far, uh, something like that the other night, you know, a tough finish. If you play in the NBA long enough, uh, stuff happens like that. And so he bounced back quickly. He had a great game the other night, too. You know, he, he played really well the whole night through just had a couple tough plays at the end but uh you know one of the things i love about this team is um just seeing the the stories of these guys you know the you know mike Mulder coming kind of out of nowhere and and playing the way he's playing you know juan contributing the way he's contributing Uh, a lot of guys who just have um, persevered and and fought for everything that, that they've earned here and they're doing a great job and and earning everything what do you think of Michael Mulder's poise, a 10-day guy being on the line twice at the end of the game to help ice it with those free throws? Yeah, and hitting a big three, too, with uh, under under two minutes left to, to put us ahead. So Mike is fantastic, really good player, good defensively as well, and uh, we're lucky to have him. So anxious to, I know this was the final day of his 10-day, but um, we're anxious to uh, get him get him back some, some way. So that, that's, I'm sure that's going to happen. This is, the, I think, the fifth game that you're bringing Pascal off the bench, even with some of the injuries, and he's an efficient scorer off the bench. Is that a role that you like for him going forward next season? For Eric? For Pascal. Yeah. Eric Pascal. Uh, I don't know. You know, next season's next season, so we'll see, uh, you know, next year in training camp. We'll figure all that out. Uh, but this year, the way our team is constructed right now, I really like him off the bench, um, and I liked keeping either Andrew or uh, Eric on the floor at all times just so we have somebody we can play through how uh is he 
playing back here. Um, is he playing his best basketball season? He had that really big Eric. Uh, he had that really big surge early, and then seemed to kind of hit the wall. I mean, like, is he a mu- better player than even when he broke out early in the season? Eric, yeah, yeah, much better player. Uh, much more aware. Much more poised. Um, six assists tonight. Eight the other night. Um, his uh, the pump fake to draw two free throws with under a minute to play. That's a veteran play right there uh, to show that kind of poise and confidence. Uh, I just think he's uh, he's made the game easier for himself by just moving the ball when he's when he's covered. So he's understanding when to attack and when to when to uh, move the ball on, and that's a big step. Uh, Marquis Chris had eight assists tonight. I would imagine that's close to his career high, if not if not his career high. Um, what do you make of him as a passer? Is it his game developing? Is it guys moving off the ball when he's you you know running offense through him in the post, or is it just his vision? It's one of the first things we noticed in training camp, which really surprised me, was his ability in the uh, uh, high screen uh, or excuse me in the high post when he would catch the ball. He's really good with the dribble handoff stuff, and we've always had a guy in that role. You know, whether it was Andrew Bogut or David Lee or Draymond Green. Uh, you need a good passer in that spot, given the shooting that we have and the way we like to play. So Marquise showed that ability right away, which was one of the reasons we wanted to keep him, and he's gotten better and better with that during the season. Still with Marquise, he's been getting switched onto guards pretty routinely on defense. What do you you've seen from him in those situations as far as he's gotten better you know early in the season he was lunging at at guards and letting them get angles against him i think he's done a better job of finding the right angle and uh, keeping guys in front and forcing difficult shots over the top all right so steve kerr there uh, with everything from uh, michael Mulder, essentially saying hey he's going to be around which i think uh, we know to be the case Uh, to marquise chris the, the versatility but you're right the first skill that Marquise Chris showed all of us was his passing ability really before everything else kind of fell into place. Yeah, and that was a, I think that was Wes Goldberg asked the question about Marquise Chris and uh, other teams um, creating switches, so he has to guard smaller players. Marquise Chris, when he was with Phoenix, that was one of the issues he had. He had a hard time staying on the floor because of foul trouble, and I think there were mm-hmm. issues with that even earlier this year with the Warriors. Tonight he had just a couple of fouls, and I also thought it was a very interesting what Coach Kerr had to say about Eric Pascal because he said we tried to keep Andrew and Eric on the floor, at least one of them, so we had someone to play through which means they're running to a degree their offense through Eric Paschal now. And I think that bodes pretty well for Paschal's ability to play with maybe a bench unit on yeah. next year's team. Yeah, six more assists tonight. And, and yeah, because the Warriors have always they, – they, they've had a bench unit, but often Clay Thompson has been involved in that group. So think if you have Eric Paschal, maybe you run some things through him and you've got – Clay's shooting out there with maybe a Damian Lee, and there are you know, uh, two other players that maybe currently aren't on the roster yet, uh, and then you got a little bit of something as far as a bench unit using pieces of the way the Warriors have gone about it in the past and, and what they now have and what they potentially could have moving forward here. Obviously, this been it's been a dizzying year. Just look at what some of these players have done this year and consider what we thought of Marquise Gris when we found out the Warriors were bringing him in. Like, what? Who? Why? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Sure. Might might wind up being a weird year where you're going to need to try out some guys. Yeah. But he's a find. I Absolutely. Mean, he, he's an absolute find. There's no doubt. Tony in Oakland here at 888-957-9570. You're on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Tony. Hey, guys. Hey, thanks. It's good to talk with you. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed tonight's game, even though, <laughs> to be honest, I was watching Cleveland <laughs> winning their game, and 
uh, you know, trying to keep up with the reverse standings. But, hey, a win <laughs> is great. It does great for the confidence of these guys. But I want to focus in on uh, Mike Boulder. You know, ever since the Phoenix game, I've seen so much of Clay's game in him. The quick release, uh, no wasted motion, the, the good D on guards, the confidence, the poise. I've been calling baby Clay ever since then. But it's funny, uh, listening to the post game on the Warriors, uh, Greg Papa, and they had Mike Mulder on. He said he actually patterned his game after Clay. So, ah, there it goes. But I, I'm, I really believe and hope that he'll be on his team next year. I think you just can't overlook the defense and the shooting that he brings, and I'm, I'm really impressed with them. Yeah, I, I have been as well, Tony. Really appreciate the call. And, and, Clay Tom- and uh, Michael Mulder actually named after Michael Thompson. Okay. Thus Clay's the, dad. Thus the spelling, yes. Clay's wow, dad. that's really interesting. And the story behind that, uh, which we can get into. Yeah, but, I'll hear it. But it, anytime you have a guy that can knock down threes, and also defend, even if he is, he's not the prototypical 3 and D in terms of he's a guy that's 6'8", you know, 6'9". Right. He's only 6'3". He's only 6'3", 6'4", yeah. but he's still, I think there's a value in that. And on the back end of your roster, to me, you can never have too many guys that can just have that skill. If you can defend and play hard on that end and knock down shots... The more shooting you have, the more margin for error I think you you create. Well, a lot of people have made this point. You may have made this point. Uh, just go back to last year when the Warriors were desperately trying to find anybody to come off the bench who they could count on to knock down some shots, right? Yeah, and and honestly, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a situation where I think the Warriors have found themselves, they, they, they were depleted in it, they didn't have it, they they wish they had it, and I think they're at a point now where you know, like I would say, you could count on Michael Mulder's skill set and project that toward a role on next year's team, even if it's a third string role, better than you could even a guy like Jordan Poole. Like Jordan Poole to me would be a question mark for next year. He's on the team because he was a first round pick and he's going to be under contract, uh, so he would have an advantage over a guy like Michael Mulder. But as far as somebody that could plug and play on a good team, and you're and you want to have him out there, I think what Mulder has done to this point has played better for the future in terms of short-term future next year than even what Jordan Poole has brought to the table. And Jordan Poole has improved significantly over the way he started the season. It might be too early to make those determinations, but that said, I agree with you, and I think it's because Jordan Poole, and he had a nice game again tonight, you're still not sure night tonight what you're going to get out of him, and he's still a little bit streaky as a shooter, right? Whereas Mulder is showing that he may be a guy that you can count on. He's going to come in and he's going to knock down shots. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, 888 We'll come back. We will hear from Marquise Chris and Eric Paschal as well. It is Warriors Wrap-Up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason inside Chase Center. Warriors beat the Sixers 118-114. 10-game home losing streak no more. Snapped. As the Warriors win for the first time here at Chase Center since January the 18th when they beat the Magic. Warriors rallying from 10 down. They outscore the Sixers 36-24 in the fourth quarter 
to win it, 118-114. to Now, we're going to hear from uh, Michael Mulder coming up here momentarily. Uh, he was actually on the postgame show over on the TV side okay. a little bit earlier, and he had the explanation as to how it came about that he's named after Clay Thompson's dad, Michael Thompson. So we'll hear that uh, courtesy of NBC Sports. I, I didn't realize that. I should have known that because of the spelling. Yeah, exactly. I know it was funky. I didn't realize that's why. Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, we'll hear from him coming up. Uh, It was a nice night for Marquise Chris uh, as he finished with 13 points, 10 boards, and 8 assists. Nearly a triple-double. Marquise Chris darn near had a triple-double in this game. Uh, A huge block late. Uh, And let's go ahead and hear uh, quickly from Marquise Chris uh, following the ball game downstairs. Marquise, uh, eight assists tonight. I don't know. Uh, I assume that's a season high. Is that something you just began to see open guys? Were, was the defense moving in a way that you had a lot of opportunities to find open shooters? I think we were just making the right play for each other. We're playing unselfish. We're cutting without the ball. And I think with our offense, it runs through me a lot at the top of the paint and running DHOs and things like that. And they were just knocking down shots. What do you think of the way you guys closed this game? Locking down on defense, being solid on the free throw line, and maybe just having the trust in each other that you would be there for each other? I think it shows growth and maturity. You know, obviously we're still trying to, to build as a team without Steph and, and Clay and Draymond. We understand that we're young, but we can compete and we can win games, and I think we showed that tonight. Marquise, why do you think so many young players like yourself have had so much success within this system this season? It's a championship organization. I think they know what they want and they know what, what it takes. So I think we've all just really came here with open-minded, I think, and just willing to learn. I think that's the biggest thing for me is just listening to everybody and picking people's brains as much as I can. And, you know, Steve is a player's coach. He just lets you play, lets you hoop, and play through your mistakes. So I think that's the biggest thing for us is just being able to play through our mistakes and build from that. And I think that's been a big deal for Marquise Chris, especially from the early going of this year and just the way that his career has started. I mean, he's been a player that at times, you mentioned the foul trouble, but also you you go to a bad team, as he did, eighth pick overall, and there's an expectation. And, you know, maybe Phoenix didn't totally know how to use him properly. I know yeah, he was plus, shooting, he's playing center. shooting a lot yeah. of three-pointers, playing power some forward power there. forward. Yeah. Almost as a stretch four. They were looking at him as kind of an offensively skilled guy. So he was in some awkward positions, I think, offensively. He played and with a lot of frustration there. Yeah, and, and you saw that spill over from time to time. So I think, uh, you know, him having a, a true position now and, and almost the Warriors simplifying the game for him to a certain extent – has allowed him to flourish. That's really interesting, though. Um, you know, when you talk or you hear Steve Kerr talking, I should say, and Steve Kerr says, yeah, we brought him in camp, and we didn't know what a good passer he was. I mean, this is a guy who's been in the league for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah, and a coach of an NBA team says, we didn't know he could pass the ball like that, uh, and he's just uh, flourishing in this uh, Warriors system. And I think one of the reasons that some of the players have flourished this year, you know, this hasn't been all about wins. It's been about development. But the last few games, there's been more of an emphasis on winning, a little bit more, and also the Warriors have gotten the full attention of some pretty good teams here. That's why this big finish tonight, I agree with Marquise Chris, it does show, uh, it does reflect some maturity. It's really important to see them finish this strong. And early in the year, they struggled to do that. Yeah, and, and now they've won three out of the last five. Yeah, and yeah. they've won three out of four without Steph. Mm-hmm. So the last you know four games without Steph, they've, they've won three of those four, a couple on the road, uh, a couple against some good opponents, although the, the Sixers certainly shorthanded without yeah. their best two players uh, in the ball game tonight. But, hey, nobody's going to feel sorry for 
for Philadelphia because nobody's been feeling sorry for the Warriors at any point. And this was this a year. big game for them tonight. It was. This is a game that I think they thought, okay, they built a little momentum you know, on a long road trip. They won in Sacramento the other night. Not a lot of teams have been beating Sacramento lately. And, you know, they, they got one and, you know, thought, all right, now that one can turn into two when they hadn't won in a long time on the road. Eight-point lead and after led, three quarters. they led the whole night, yeah. essentially. Uh, and the Warriors wind up running them down and uh, out, out-executing them, frankly, down the stretch. Made uh, more of the big plays, and they win it 118-114. 888 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. We mentioned uh, Michael Mulder. Uh, and I referenced the fact that Michael Mulder is, in fact, named after Clay Thompson's father, Michael Thompson. Uh, and Michael Thompson was on the NBC Sports Bay Area postgame show uh, a little bit earlier outside here at, at Chase Center. And, and he was asked uh, about why he's named after Clay's dad. I'm growing up, I was a big Laker fan, uh, thanks to my dad. And uh, obviously he was, he was really huge into the Lakers. And, uh, yeah, he named me after Clay's, uh, Clay's dad. How about that? Wow. That, that is pretty interesting for us. Michael Thompson, what, 1979, he was the number one overall pick? Number one overall pick by Portland, and yeah. then he became, he, the Lakers got him and brought him off the bench, and he, he helped uh, solidify them as, uh, as champions after he joined them. Yeah. Imagine and, having, you know, Michael Thompson coming off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely uh, a help there. Uh, back it up Kareem, right, for, for yeah. a couple of years there. Uh, so, yeah, interesting story there. The audio courtesy of NBC Sports Bay Area, uh, Michael Mulder discussing uh, being named after Michael Thompson, Clay's dad. Let's get to Trish. Or, no, it's Tish. Tish in Hercules. Tish, you're on 95.7 The Game. Apologies, it said Trish on the screen. I'm like, that's not Trish, that's Tish. my son and I are just leaving the game, but I just wanted to call and give a shout-out on behalf of Damian Lee. The other night when, when Seth came back, I was joking, saying it's a brother-in-law show because it, they seem to be point per point keeping up with each other on the number of points. But tonight, he really put on a show, and uh, I think he made a big difference in the game. So I just wanted to give a shout-out for him because he quietly goes about his business these days. Yeah, Damien Lee. Thank you, Tish. Damien Lee, uh, he has just been very solid and very aggressive tonight uh, with uh, his 24 points, including 17 in that huge fourth quarter. Yeah, and he just – I every night we go through and, and look tonight is one of those nights where you know I jokingly say to you you know and this has happened a lot on the nights where the Warriors win no matter who's on their roster the nights that they've played well and even competed and won you you go up and down the the guys that are active and and it's one of those nights where you feel like well everybody could be a part of. Uh, you know, everybody could be a part of next year's rotation. Now, that obviously isn't going to be the case. But the one thing you do know when you look at some of these guys tonight that played very well, Damian Lee is going to be a part of next year's rotation. Eric Paschal, going to be part of next year's rotation. Marquise Chris is going to be a part of next year's rotation, whether it's as the starting center or as part of a group of three or four centers that are going to play a lot of minutes next year. So to get the positive output from three players that you can pencil in essentially in your top eight or nine uh, next year. And again, I still think when you go beyond that, I'm a little reluctant. I'm a little reluctant to go beyond those 
guys as far as who's in the rotation. I, I think everybody else, you start talking about, okay, they're competing for back end of the roster spots that they may play some of the time, but there's going to be a lot of time maybe where they don't play. But, but Damian Lee is absolutely somebody that figures to be in the Warriors' plans next year. Yeah, he also is flourishing in this system. We just heard Marquise Chris talk about how Coach Kerr, uh, as a coach, a player's coach, he lets everybody play. And in this offense, it's not as structured. An offense like this, there are rules. There's rules about spacing. They just don't call set plays. But it's clicking right now. Another sign of that, we talked already about all the assists. But you had tonight uh, seven players in double figures. It's, um, it's a reflection of the strength and numbers mentality. But it's actually really... Uh, it's become very effective this week over the last five games, and the Warriors are a lot more fun to watch than they were earlier in the year. Yeah. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors wrap-up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. We'll get you an update on Stephen Curry and Kavon Looney. Uh, we will also hear from uh, Eric Paschal as well, uh, and maybe Damian Lee before we get out of here. Uh, Warriors... I just wanted Michael Thompson called apparently, and he says he was a first pick in nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, seventy eight, yes, off by yeah. a year. Yeah. yeah, that is that is actually pre JD. So any, anything right. anything pre eighty one. Gotcha. I, 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 Michael was listening. I mean, I know my history, yeah. but I know we we appreciate that. So yeah, I thought it was seventy nine, but yes, yeah, seventy eight uh, when Michael Thompson was the number one overall pick by Portland. Uh, one eighteen, one fourteen. Warriors beat the Sixers. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up here on ninety five seven. The game. Warriors wrap-up continues on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason back here inside Chase Center. Warriors 118, Sixers 114. So the Warriors now 15-49. and 49. Now all NBA action for this Saturday is now in the books. So we can get uh, an updated look at the reverse standings. Uh, the Warriors with the win improved to 15 and 49, but Cleveland also won tonight an improbable mm. win, and Cleveland matched the Warriors' victory over the Nuggets on Tuesday with a victory of their own against the Nuggets. This one in Cleveland tonight. What's going uh, on with the Nuggets? So the Cavaliers uh, improve now to an Eastern Conference worst, 18 and 45. So the Warriors still three and a half games clear of the Cavaliers, who are currently in that two spot. And, of course, the top three teams in terms of the worst records all have the same 14% chance at a number one pick in the June draft. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks have lost three in a row. Memphis blew them out tonight and beat them for the second time this week. So Atlanta now 19-46. and 46. Atlanta uh, is three and a half games behind the Warriors as well. Three in the in the loss column there, so it's the Warriors, Cleveland, and Atlanta as the three. Uh, the Knicks now have uh, moved in front of Minnesota as the team in the fourth spot, and Minnesota is the team in the fifth spot. So the Warriors, again, if you look at it as it pertains to who's in the fourth spot, the Warriors are still four and a half games clear, even with their win tonight, of where the Knicks are at. Yeah, so obviously you're one of the bottom three teams. You have a 14% chance to get the number one pick. The worst you can pick is fifth. And I'm telling you what, every time I go on tankathon.com and I run the lottery simulation, about half the time the Warriors end up fifth. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Well, it it, it also comes down to, and you can get the, the odds table out, but part of that is just the simple math. That, oh, of course. Hey, the Warriors have a 14% chance of getting the number one pick. 
that means they have an 86% chance of not getting the number right. one pick. Right. And it and it, you know, it tables out, you know, from Of course. There. Of course. Uh, so, yeah, the Warriors do though have a, a, a better chance and would have a better chance uh, obviously at getting that pick uh, should they wind up being uh, the the team with the worst record in the NBA, which they currently still are. Just look how much this team has changed since they last played Philadelphia, which was <laughs> January 28th. That was a 76er victory, 115-104. Glenn Robinson had 20 points in that game for the Warriors. Alec Burks had 12 for the Warriors. And tonight uh, we had Glenn Robinson 15 for the Sixers and Alec Burks with 11 points for the Sixers. And they both got nice ovations tonight. But doesn't that seem like it was forever ago when they were playing for the Warriors? It, it really does. And that was that, that you know we referenced the night before the NFC Championship game is the last time the Warriors won here. That was, what, the Tuesday before the Super Bowl? <laughs> so, you know, five days before the Super Bowl. And, yeah, it's interesting. Glenn Robinson the third and Alec Burks, what the heck are they thinking? Because they wound up being 0-2 uh, yeah. <laughs> in, in this whole thing. They wound up losing when they were with the Warriors and losing when they were with the Sixers. Uh, now, uh, and the Warriors obviously with a couple of picks coming back their way uh, for their for their part in that trade. Also in that game, and again, just to sh- illustrate how things have changed, Eric Paschal played 11 minutes in that game, that first game in Philadelphia. He had four points, and he had three rebounds. And since the All-Star break, he's been shooting a, at a very high percentage. And he's assisting at a very high clip as well over the last handful of games. Yeah, and he's a different player. No, he's he's found it again, yes. which I think is good. I mean, you you want to see him burst on the scene and play well. He did hit maybe a little bit of a wall, or teams figured him out, or the combinations of players he was playing with. I, I think he is somebody though now that you look at, and I know a lot of his success again has come Raymond Green out. So that's something to to continue to monitor. Uh, I'm not sure how much it really means moving forward they just play the same position yeah and and that's yeah yeah, that's something i think we realized early on so just when they play and you know how how when you're starting to dagger out a rotation for next year and pencil it out on a piece of paper you know the warriors may have to be conscious that you know what next year though this could be a completely different combination of players and 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 maybe that doesn't matter as much although i will say as i've said many times i like the idea of eric pascal and draymond green playing the four and the five together with some shooters a hell of a lot more than I like the notion of Pascal playing the three and Draymond playing the four with another big out there. We know that Pascal's been working very hard, very diligently on his three-point shooting. Tonight he was 0 for 1. But if he can continue to improve in that area, and he has shown some improvement, if he can make that shot consistently, uh, then I think it's more likely that you can have he and Draymond on the floor at the same time down the road. Tonight the Warriors' 376th consecutive sellout. Uh, between Chase Center and... Very enthusiastic gathering tonight. Yes, it was. Uh, The Warriors committed a season-low tying seven turnovers. The other time they had seven turnovers was uh, in Brooklyn on February the 5th. And the Warriors had 30 or more assists for the 14th time this season. That's the magic number. The Warriors are 8-6 and when they have 30 or more assists. So, I mean, over half their wins... But an over 500 record for a team that's 15 and 49 in in any if you can find any category where a team that's 15 and 49 has a winning record over an extended period of time like that, that's something that's really yeah. important. That's Warrior basketball under Steve Kerr. Yeah. Now it's interesting you pointed out that the, they tied their season low for uh, turnovers, and you mentioned that Brooklyn game. They got destroyed in that Brooklyn they game. They did. Right? They played terribly in that game. Yes, they did. 
Yeah, that was, uh, what, the game at the end of that long Eastern trip, and that was the night that... That was a weird night, yes. if you remember. That was the the last game that Glenn Robinson the yes. and Eric Paschal were Warriors, although they didn't play in that game. That was the weird game where they were held out, remember, and then Draymond was held out, right, late. Yep. And there was that wild report that maybe something was going on with Draymond that wound up being, you know, hogwash. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a strange night uh, in Brooklyn uh, for the Warriors. And, uh, you know, this, this stat, I'll mention it because it plays, or note, the Warriors have won seven of their last eight home games against the Sixers. Okay. <laughs> so that that just yeah that that stays true obviously the Sixers haven't been a good team for maybe half of that time uh but Philadelphia was a, a team that I believe beat the Warriors last year uh in at the end of January uh, over at Oracle so uh that was uh yeah I believe they won January of yeah 2019 uh over at Oracle uh, so and beat the Warriors then. So uh, final couple of thoughts here. You know what? Before we get to that, let's go ahead and hear from Eric Paschal. Okay. Eric Paschal, nice game for him, 23 points, 7 of 7 from the free throw line, and uh, he met with the media downstairs in the Bill King interview room. Eight assists for Marquise Chris. He nearly had a triple-double. Where do you think that comes from? Do you feel like he is just still playing with a chip on his shoulder? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, Marquise is a great passer, uh, especially – for a big, I mean, a lot of people don't know that about him, but like he can pass his ass off. So uh, I feel like that's no surprise. Again, that's no surprise for me, just because knowing how good Marquise is, knowing his basketball IQ is very high. I mean, eight assists is no surprise at all. You guys have three wins out of your last five games. Do you see all the work you guys have put in, kind of turning a corner a little bit here? Uh, for sure. I mean, I feel like we're gelling really well. I feel like we're. Just playing with a lot of confidence, and uh, Coach Curry has given us that confidence, and our teammates have put confidence in each other just to just to go out and play. I mean, no one really expects anything from us anyway, so we might as well just go play our play our butts off and see where that takes us. Understanding you guys are a close knit team, you've been to been through a lot of stuff this season. There was a lot of build up to Steph is back, and then for this game, he wasn't back. How did you kind of manage that build up, and then oh shoot, we don't have him again? Uh, I mean, we we it was, we haven't had him all year, so. But uh, it was great to have him back, of course. But uh, I feel like we just went out there and played again. We're, we're basketball players; we get paid to play this game, so we just gotta have the confidence in each other. Uh, we wish Steph was out there tonight, but he got the flu. So, but uh, well, again, we just go out there, play professional basketball players, and see where that takes us. Yeah, so a, a night where it could have been, I think, a little bit of a weird night emotionally or energy-wise when you think, all right, Steph's back, Steph's back, and then you find out this morning, as Steve Kerr mentioned before the game, all right, Steph is is sick and he's not going to be playing in the game. But uh, I thought Eric Paschal summed it up perfectly. Hey, I haven't had him all year. Yes. So it's not that much of an adjustment, especially for Eric Paschal, who had only played, what, five games with him. Another thing that caught my ear is Eric Paschal saying that no one expects much of us anyway, so we might as well go out there and play our behinds off. That's going to change next year, obviously. Next year there are going to be a lot of expectations placed on young players, veterans. Uh, I'm sure that a player like Eric Paschal can handle that, but it's definitely going to be different next year. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Uh, Mentioned uh, the – Note about the Warriors at home against Philadelphia, just to to tie that in a bow. The Warriors have won seven of their last eight home games against the Sixers. The one the Warriors didn't was last year. Uh, The recall was correct. It was January the 31st over at Oracle. Philly beat 
the Warriors 113 to 104 and that actually broke an 11 game Warriors winning streak it was in the midst of the Warriors hottest stretch of the season a year ago they had won 11 in a row they lost that game and then they won another 5 in a row so the Warriors actually had won 16 of 17 uh, in a stretch that began in early January all the way through until the last game before the All-Star break when they got blown out in Portland. But, yeah, the the, the Sixers handed the Warriors their lone loss out of 17 games. Well, this team obviously is nowhere near as good as that team was, but this Warrior team, is they're, they're, they are finding their stride a little bit. Eric Pasco says we're gelling. They have won three of their last five games, and tonight they actually played a little shutdown defense when they needed to in the fourth quarter. Marquise Chris with a huge block, and as I said earlier, I think tonight they benefited from a little home court advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Good energy in the building, yeah. especially once the Warriors, uh, you know, I, I thought it was maybe a little bit flat early. Uh, Warriors only 21 points in the first quarter, uh, but as the game went on and it became competitive, I, the fans really got into it, mm-hmm. which is something that we've seen uh, a lot, uh, including the other night uh, here against Toronto. A couple of notes quickly before we get out of here on Stephen Curry and Kevon Looney. want to make sure everybody's up to date on that. The Warriors sending out an update this afternoon after Stephen Curry was uh, ruled out. Uh, Curry diagnosed with uh, influenza. Uh, they identified, and Steve Kerr said, "Hey, it may. They think it may have been Steph, his son. Uh, you know, being around him, who had been ill, where he had uh, contacted it. Uh, no risk of the COVID nineteen uh, coronavirus. Uh, he That's has a whole separate thing a whole than sep- a flu. A whole separate thing than a flu. And this is a, a seasonal flu that that Steph was diagnosed with. So he's." begun treatment and uh we'll we'll see i mean i think anytime you have the flu i i, I don't think you could proclaim him in for tuesday no it's not something you just wake up the next day and go okay yeah i'm ready to play and, and obviously there's some fatigue that goes along there warriors will take tomorrow off be back at practice monday so the, you know this could be something where it might, yeah, it might you don't want up, them around the team yeah you don't want them around the team especially when the warriors only have nine healthy bodies right now so nothing serious as far as the the coronavirus goes with Stephen curry just uh, the regular seasonal flu, and the update on Kavon Looney before the game. Uh, Kavon Looney, hip soreness, missed the last three games. He's going to be out the next three weeks at least, so that takes you all the way to the end of March, March the 28th, when he will be reevaluated. At that point, though, there's only about two and a half weeks left in the season. I hope being that he can play a few games there and have some momentum going into the offseason. Yeah, but but you don't know. And right. Like I said, the news felt ominous a couple of days ago when Steve Kerr addressed it, and it, and it feels maybe a little bit more ominous now, Fingers crossed, but yes, it but does. At this point, I mean, if you told Warrior fans, hey, you're going to lose Kevon Looney maybe for the, the bulk of this season or the rest of this season, but he could be back and ready to play by October. I think that would be a great relief uh, for everybody involved. So that's the update there. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, the Warriors get the win tonight, 118-114. to 114. Thanks to uh, Cody Pasby back at our San Francisco studios. Thanks to Tim Jordan for yeah. setting us up out here. It was a, yeah, a, a C-plus effort. <laughs> For Tim Jordan, uh, for Whitey Gleason, I'm John Dickinson. We will be back uh, on Tuesday, right back here, Tuesday, a couple of days off. Uh, the Clippers in town, Warriors and Clippers, 7.30 tip, 6 o'clock with Warriors Live. Jim Barnett will join us for that uh, as the Warriors continue this homestand uh, and will look to make it two in a row. All right, that's going to do it. Warriors, they beat the Sixers tonight, 118-114, to 114, and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night.
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 